Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-KARS-4KIDS. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! And a swing and a miss. Good sharp slider by Keegan Thompson. Excellent job by the young right-hander. Another solid performance for him. Let's see if the Cubs can get some runs. Center to left. Nasty pitch. Keegan Thompson. Yeah. Snapdragon curveball after the heater. Just absolutely locks him up. I think having a little more experience and, um, you know, having some of that under my belt, yes, it does give you a little more confidence. And when you're throwing well, you have a lot of confidence as well. So, yeah, I'm excited to get back on the mound between each pitch. You're listening to The Score, Sports Radio 670. The Sunday morning baseball show is hit and run. I'm your host, Matt Spiegel. And let's talk to that man with a snapdragon. Has he heard his curveball called a snapdragon before? Does he like it? He's pitching really, really well and joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Keegan Thompson. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for the time. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, snapdragon, have you heard that one for the curveball? Uh, I think that's the first, but I like it. <laughs> What what historically what do you like to call the curveball or what have people called it that you enjoy? Um, I think the typical uh, words for curveball is usually like uh, like a hammer or something like that. Yeah, yep. Um, Uncle, you know? Uncle Charlie, I've heard, but the hammer. Uncle Charlie, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, I, I like the hammer though, but it's weird because like it curves. Most hammers are not supposed to curve, but you know who the hell am I? Uh, I, I yeah, I know. It's just one of those weird baseball terms, I guess. Yeah, right? There's a lot of them. Um, what do you love throwing right now in terms of your breaking stuff? It seems like, because you've got a five-pitch mix, it looks like they're all pretty good right now. How do they feel? Um, they all feel pretty well. I like having two. I have a cutter and a curveball right now. Um, I like having both of them just, you know, for if one day one's not working, then I, I can lean on the other one a little more. Um, 
but right now they're both working pretty well for me. So I I enjoy throwing them both at any given time. Yeah, understandably so. Keegan Thompson has pitched in five <laughs> games, two and two thirds on the low end, four innings on the high end in all five games, and it's and it's been really good. Do you feel like it's interesting because I know you've been a starter, obviously, and maybe could be again, and everybody asks about it. But this is you. You're pitching like every four days, maybe every five days. It sort of is a rhythm, the way that you're getting used right now. Yeah, at the moment, uh, being the long guy, I'm getting, I'm getting my three. Typically, it's about three days off, and then till the fourth day. But um, you know, with everything going on, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, whether it be starting long relief, uh, one inning work here and there, um, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help them win. It, it, is it specific from, uh, from between you and David Ross? Like, to, on a given morning, do you tell him, yeah, I could go today? Like, how does that work? How does that function every day? Uh, yeah, after the long outings, you know, they usually give me one or two days where I'm down for sure. And then that third third or fourth, that third day or whatever, they'll come in like, hey, how you feeling? Like, like yeah, sometimes they're like, hey, I probably need another day. Or, you know, yeah, I'm good to go, go today. So, um just communication between Rossi and Tommy and our bullpen coach CY. What um what do you what do you feel um in, in your arm when you're used like this? I mean you've you've done everything. You've done short relief. You've done now being the long man like this and being the starter. It's like do you do you have a really good feel on on that arm and 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 when it might be hurting a little or when it just needs a little rest? It's got to be a very tricky thing as an athlete to, to understand in full? Yeah, I think early on, especially, you're usually always more sore than, you know, later on in the year. I think it's just getting that groove and getting your arm used to throwing, uh, you know, so however many pitches you need to throw, however often you need to throw. Um, and especially with the shortened spring this year, uh, it's been a little bit tougher on guys. And, you know, we're, we're getting there and everyone's in the same boat. So I don't think any one person can complain or, you know, gripe about it more than the other because everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, they, they are. It's true. You know, it, it's I was looking back at your story, Keegan, and remembering that in 2019, um, where you, when you add the elbow soreness, got put on the injured list that April and only pitched like a couple of times that year. Um, and then 2020 – there was the whole cancellation of the season, so you went you went almost two full years without pitching in in, a, in an actual know, yeah. sa- sanctioned game. That must have been crazy. Did you what What was challenging? What was the most challenging about that for you? Uh, the toughest part for me was you know missing all of 2019, um, and then coming back for spring. I came back in the best shape I think I'd ever been in, you know, at that time, and we were in spring for three weeks, and then we got sent home. So in my mind, I was like. Dang, you know, I just, I just lost one year, and now I'm about to lose another. And so, the hardest thing was, I mean, it's just, it like, it's just kind of one of those same things again. Like everyone's in the same boat. Like you can't just sit there and wallow in your own sorrows. You have to get out and you know work. We uh, had a couple guys where I was, and you know we'd meet up and we'd throw every day in hopes of thing starting back up and I think it was later that June or July that the season got going so um, you know you just got to stay in a good mental headspace got you that's that's really it so 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 during the lockout when like other people are freaking out maybe about like not being in contact with the team were you were you one of those guys who's like huh 
This is nothing. I went two years once. Come on, boys. This is nothing. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I was not worrying at all. Um, you know, if we all wanted to get back and play and, um, you know, not have a – not to worry about all these different little minute details that are in effect now. But I did enjoy the extra couple weeks at home with my wife and the dogs and – you know, just be able to spend some extra time at home with them that we don't usually normally get. That's awesome. Keegan Thompson joining us right here on 670 The Score. So growing up in Alabama, what, was it always Auburn? Were you an Auburn guy? Uh, over an Alabama guy? Obviously, you ended up playing there, but like Iron Bowls, were you cheering for Auburn as a kid? I grew up an Alabama fan, actually. Oh, no. Uh, no. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> my whole family was, but when someone else comes to you and will pay for your school and play all the sport you love, and you know you go there, and you know I'm now, I still pull for Alabama in football. I'm not playing Auburn, but other than that, I'm a full, full Auburn man. So, <laughs> so how did that go while you were there, though, Keegan? Like when when they're playing football. And you're a baseball player for Auburn. Were you telling people that you were rooting for Alabama, or did you keep it low? How did that go? I mean, my friends knew, but the first Iron Bowl when I was at Auburn was the kick six game, so I, I turned pretty quickly. <laughs> see, see, there it is. I've never been to that game. I want to go to that game to feel that atmosphere. How, how special is, it's, is it's that? A, it's, it's nuts. It's got to be one of the best rivalries in college football things. So um, getting to experience that, it's, it's one of the cool things you can do at a college football atmosphere. That's really, really cool. Um, hey, Keegan, I've decided this year I'm going to ask every, um, every player, every coach I get a chance to a couple of questions about, about your baseball history, okay? So these are just three, okay. three quickies for you. Here, here's one. Who was one of your most favorite players uh, in the past when you were a kid, or now if you want to, but, and tell me why, one of your most favorite Major League Baseball players? I think one of my favorite players growing up was probably Chipper Jones. Um, growing up in Alabama, you know, we didn't really have a, any, like, professional sports team uh, close, so the Braves were always on, and that's who you rooted for if you were from home in Alabama so he was one of the better players so growing up watching him and like Andrew Jones in the field and um I think probably yeah Chipper Jones is probably my favorite player growing up it's pretty awesome number one pick overall Chipper Jones to live up to it <laughs> over the course of a career that's that's special stuff isn't it of course yeah, yeah of course yeah um what is the best game you ever had a chance to see in person Keegan Thompson, um, the best best Major League Baseball game you ever had a chance to see? The best game I ever had a chance to see in person? Um, I never really – I went to one professional baseball game when growing up, and that was, I think, seven. So I don't remember that one too much. But probably the no-hitter last year in L.A., that that's awesome because uh, uh, Dirty Craig Craig Kimbrell had no idea as he was finishing it, but you knew, apparently. Keegan. I I did not know. Oh, I don't think I don't think really anyone in the bullpen knew, except for our coach, except for the bullpen coach. 
That's that's hilarious because the Mets just did it the other night, and clearly they all knew. Like so, they, they, oh, they yeah. right. You see those highlights? They communicated better than you guys. Apparently, <laughs> they they much better than we did. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, and then what is one thing you'd want to change if you were the commissioner? If you were the commissioner, you could change one thing, Keegan. Um, ah, shoot, that's hard. I guess for me as a pitcher, I guess the balls, you know, the balls usually are a little different from one to the next. So I guess if we could find a way just to make sure all the balls are the same. It's gonna. I know it'd be tough with all the different climates and everything, but that's one of the. I guess that's probably one of the main things I would change. That, trying to get mm-hmm. the balls to be the same across the board. See, see that that's ridiculous. That it's even something that has to be discussed. Like I know it changes from year to year a little bit, but literally the fact, like you might get a ball like during the course of an inning. Do you feel like you have two different kinds of baseballs or multiple different kinds? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, different. not every – different people rub the baseball, so not every ball is rubbed by the same person or rubbed the same way. So, I mean, it's just small things that can change how a baseball feels. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be it's something really hard and uh, would be difficult to explain, but hmm. it, it would be a hard one to change, but it would be nice if it could happen. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um and then last thing, have you, have you had a chance to talk to Andrew McCutcheon at all here as uh, you guys are, are back together after the stuff that went down at Wrigley a couple weeks back? <laughs> uh, no, I've not got a chance to talk to him, but I know he's a great guy, and shit, I don't think there's any hard feelings between the two of us. So. But I have not got a chance to talk to him. Yeah, you were in a tough spot, man. Yeah, you, you, were, you were in a very tough spot, you know? Uh, we, 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 yeah. we, we could see what was going on, and... And it's it's just an awkward it's an awkward go. Uh, Keegan Thompson, thanks so much, man. Appreciate getting a chance to talk to you a little bit. Keep rolling, keep killing it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Have a good day. It. You too. That's Keegan Thompson of the Cubs, right there on six seventy. The score. Huh. An Alabama fan playing for Auburn. Okay, all right. That's nuts. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. If you want to hop in, a little bit later, Cowboy Joe West. If you missed it, it was really, really fun. So we'll bring it to you a little bit later on. But first, let's go to Stan in Bellwood, who has been hanging. Always a pleasure. A staple of hit and runs past and present again. I like it. Good morning, Stan. Uh, you don't make it too hard for me to live up to the billing. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting old, man. And listen, you you got it uh, right earlier Um uh, about using the term decompose. I feel like I'm in decompose mode after watching the White Sox this first month of the season. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, it's, um, it, it should be more fun, right, Stan? It, it, it's supposed oh, to be more fun this year, and there's a lot of factors that, that don't make it as fun as it could be, unfortunately. That's right. Um, well, we're only one month in. Uh, so, and I, like I said, I want to talk about the White Sox here. Uh, injuries, of course, have to be factored in but i have to do a little bit of pushing back on you this morning because i don't share your optimism and i don't uh totally agree with your assessment of the team um the white Sox play in the weakest crappiest division not just in the american league but in all of baseball um one month in 
They're already four games under 500. They're three and nine in that division. They're minus 23 in run differential, and they're either dead last or near last in the American League in hitting, in defense, and in pitching. Those are symptoms of a bad team, not just a good team that's off to a bad start. The only saving grace that they have, Speaks, is that they play in the Central. Nobody's going to run away and hide in that division. If they were playing in either the American League East or West, it would be over before it started. Um, So it's going to take a big, big lift just to get back to even. So there's just – you know, I have to believe – I know they're better than they played, but the fact that they play uh, against uh, – to start with here, against the weakest opposition, you know, that they could possibly play, it just didn't give me any reason for optimism. I mean, they've got a long road to hold after just one month. That's not good. I, I, I'm not optimistic. I, I have to see it. I mean, I, Vince Velasquez, I agree with you. He was terrific mm-hmm. last night. But he has a track record. No, I, I, mean, I know. Hey, so... Stan, Stan, let's have a conversation. Um, I'm optimistic about the offense specifically, about the bat, the bats hitting the balls and them eventually going out uh, with the way that they need to go out. I'm I'm not optimistic about the quality of of infield defense. I think Tim Anderson's been really bad this year, and 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 disappointing in that way. And we'll see what happens. Um, it, there, there are certainly things to be distressed about. I'm worried about Liam Hendricks. That, that's for sure. But like in this division, I think they can slug their way to absolutely the top of this division if they start slugging. The starting pitching's been good. You got to look at that overall and and be kind of pleasantly surprised at the overall quality of the starting pitching, which is not something people thought was going to be the case. Quality to it, speaks. At least you know not until not until Lance Lynn gets back. Uh, uh, Giolito, you know, looks like he's coming back, but. There's a long road to – listen, I agree with you about the division. That's I said that. That's their only saving grace is that they play in the American League Central because, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Twins are in first place. They're the only team in the division over 500, and they're not that good. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. But um, it's a ridiculously low bar to be – the best team in the American League Central. That's the only thing to be optimistic about where the White Sox are concerned now. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you. I, I think it's. Uh, I think there's a little more than that, but I understand, man. It, it, it's ugly and it's it's distressing, and you're you're certainly entitled to to feel about it, all the ways that people are feeling about it. You know, I I just I really. I really do think that that offense is going to is going to come around a little bit. I worry about Tony, I worry about the defense, I worry about Liam Hendricks, but he certainly earned the right to try and pitch through some of these issues here early on. But man, that that whole division is uh you know, look, Cleveland is is going to be a little better than people thought. Detroit I think still is going to end up playing a little better than they have. 
Minnesota's the one that's running away. And if you don't believe that Minnesota's going to run away, then it's going to be right there for him. 670, the score is where you are. Matt Spiegel's who you're with on Hit and Run here on The Score. A little bit later in the hour, Joe West. More of your phone calls coming up at 312-644-6767. Hit and Run, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670, the score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Kershaw's 0-2 pitch. The Dodgers strikeout king, 2,697. That's Joe Davis on the call and Clayton Kershaw is the all-time strikeout leader in the history of the Dodgers. That's a real franchise to be the all-time strikeout leader for. The, the record he broke is Don Sutton, who seemed to pitch forever. The late Don Sutton, the Hall of Famer, was a tremendous compiler of starts, of wins, of strikeouts. was obviously very, very good, but he just kept going and going and going. Kershaw is 34 years old, has been pitching for 15 years in the bigs, and is now at 2,700 career strikeouts. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing for the guy who was a high school teammate of Matthew Stafford in seven on seven football. Um, Sean Sears been working overnights quite a bit. Now the uh, producer of Hit and Run here with me on a Sunday morning. And you said you had something that Grobstein used to, your guy Les, used to bring up about Kershaw? Yeah, I've, I've never, I've only gotten into one argument on the air with Les. Uh, plenty off the air, but one argument on the air. He tried to tell me that he didn't think Clayton Kershaw would be a Hall of Famer. And <laughs> I just started going, he's, you know, MVP, Cy Young winner, you know, nine-time All-Star. It's like, I think this guy's a safe bet to be in the Hall of Fame. And he's like, I don't know. I just don't know if I've seen enough. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Yeah, no, he, he's locked and loaded. People don't get wins anymore so you're not going to you're not going to worry about the win total itself being the thing and Kershaw dominant as he is with uh, the times the years of 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 excellence when the stuff was just elite and now with the the heater down he's reinvented himself in a really really smart way the curveball is still exquisite right treat yourself folks look out there you can find it online and maybe we'll find it before the end of the show as I throw the gauntlet down for Sean here but the moment that Vin Scully first saw Clayton Kershaw's curveball at spring training when he was a 19-year-old pitcher, um, and Scully, who had seen everything and everybody, obviously, was just absolutely blown away by that curveball. Um, <laughs> because it was curveball for a strike three. He's like, oh, boy, that's Scully who called Koufax perfect games. Seeing it for the first time. Among active pitchers in baseball, Clayton Kershaw, fourth all-time among actives with strikeouts. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke above him. That's it. Interesting to look at this list. Number 12 on the active strikeout list. will probably pitch for the White Sox in the next month. That is Johnny Cueto. And other than that, 
Not a lot of White Sox and Cubs connections, understandably so. 670, the score is where you are. We'll play Joe West at the top of the hour. I want you to hear this, though, uh, before we go back to the phone lines. And callers, hang on. We will get to you for sure at 312-644-6767. Keegan Thompson, the Cubs reliever who we just spoke to, talking about the baseballs, it's really compelling because we think about the baseballs from a hitter's perspective a lot, don't we? We think about... Uh, is it a is it a rabbit ball or is it more of a dead ball? And certainly the dead ball right now it's a little bit more dead. Um, it, it's it's something where it's kind of coalescing with some uh, rules changes that they're hoping to make and some other things they're hoping to do in in a way of, of trying to bring some contact back. And I'm a guy who would welcome that. I would I would enjoy that. So some of the contact perspective as opposed to the home run perspective. But it's damaging right now to the overall numbers. The batting average league-wide is is very low right now. So it's not really working necessarily. But from the pitcher's perspective, Keegan Thompson said sometimes, you know, one is rubbed down with that mud that you need to and the other one is not. And in a given inning, you're getting different baseballs where the seams are rising a little more difficult to control. Here's Chris Bassett of the Mets uh, talking about the baseballs as well earlier this week. Of overall frustration with the fact that it keeps happening at this at this clip. Yeah, um, it's it's extremely annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And if we get hit by certain pitches, it's, it is what it is. But to get hit in the head, the the amount that we're getting hit is it's unbelievable. Um, I had some close calls tonight, um, which I've been hit in the face. I don't ever want to do that to anybody ever. But uh, the MLB has a very big problem with the baseballs. I mean, they're bad. Everyone knows it. Every pitcher in the league knows it. They're bad. They don't care. The MLB doesn't give a damn about it. They don't care. Um, we've told them our problems with them. They don't care. What are the problems with them? What's different about them? They're all different. The, f- the first inning, they're, they're, they're decent. The third inning, they're bad. The fourth inning, they're okay. The fifth inning, they're bad. Um, then we have different climates. Everything's everything's different. There's no new, there's no common ground with the balls. There's nothing nothing the same. Outing to outing, they're bad. Man, that is uh, that's a pitcher who's been around a long time. Chris Bassett, originally a White Sox pitcher, I think part of the Samarja trade um, yep. to, to Oakland originally, and well, of course he's. That was a little bit of a rough one. Marcus Simeon turned out pretty well. Yeah, um, he's a decent player, yeah, huh? As well, it's kind of a rough, rough trade. To look we won't back bring on. up Fernando Tatis Jr. Too, no, though. no, no. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. But remember, without Tatis Jr. for Shields, none of this other stuff happens. That was the hammer, uh, not the curveball, as Keegan Thompson called it. But that was the hammer. Man, that is that's that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for Major League Baseball to hear pitchers who just can't resist, and it's not. It's not a hitter who wishes he had more home runs bitching about it. It's a pitcher who's trying to hold on to the ball and have control and sees how often guys are getting hit. His own team. I believe the Mets lead MLB in being hit by pitches. And one of the reasons why, according to Chris Bassett, is the bad baseballs that other guys are throwing and that he himself has to throw and it gets away and then other teams think they're throwing at people. It's an ugly bit of chaos for the league right now. They own the factory. 
So the chain of command is uh, is very insidious. Need a few more links in that uh, chain of command. Hit by pitches, by the way. Mets 19. Next high is San Diego at 16. So, yeah, they're leading the way. Yeah, they're leading the way on that one. 670, the score is uh, is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. This is Jim in Beecher on Hit and Run. Good morning, Jim. Uh, how you doing, Matt? Happy Sunday. And, uh, hey, don't ever lose this show. It's beautiful, man. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, the reason I'm calling about the White Sox, uh, just a, a few observations and maybe a couple predictions, so just kind of hang with me. Number one, this team, uh, if you watch them play, and I think you know, because you love baseball too, when you watch a team and you get the vibes of how they play, this team is not as nearly as good as a lot of people seem to think they are, okay? Uh, you know, defense, uh, they've already blown five saves. Uh, the other caller mentioned that uh, all they do is kind of hit home runs. They don't go well from first to third. Air mailing throws from the outfield, okay? Having said that, uh this team is uh, don't be surprised going forward uh if there might be a shakeup in this team come by the end of june okay i'm gonna leave that at that well no no what do you mean what, what do you mean like what what, what kind of shakeup what are some of the options uh you uh don't be surprised i'm kind of out on the limb on this but i'm gonna stay with it you may have a change in leadership on the field hmm. period the team is going to be floundering and uh Instead of being a top three team, that's just the opposite. And uh, I think in one way, shape, or form, my gut tells me uh, they're going to try to salvage the season. Number two, uh, don't be surprised, again, if this team, believe it or not, does not make the playoffs, okay? Uh, Number three, uh, if it gets that bad, like I think it potentially could, uh, let's see what happens to the hierarchy at the end of the season with this team. Well, listen to you, Jim. Is, is forecasting change and doom and then potentially even bigger change than that. They're in the middle of a window here, and all their young core offensive players are signed for years and years to come, which is why you make deals like going to get A.J. Pollock, um, which is why you make other deals that hopefully they will make at the deadline if need be, and certainly in the offseason, to spend money and approach the competitive balance tax or go over the competitive balance tax. This is your moment to go for it. Look, look, I'm on record, and a a lot of people are. I think the choice of manager is a really unfortunate one for White Sox fans because it diminishes a lot of the excitement and a lot of the joy because – there's an unpleasantness that goes along with how it went down and just the overall, just the overall demeanor of, uh, of Tony, frankly. And that's, that's just a fact. You know, that's not me telling you, I don't like Tony and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, I talk to fans every single day on Parkins and Spiegel. I deal with them every single day. The volume of White Sox fans who are displeased with Tony in terms of their experience is vast. It's extremely vast. There have also been lots of very specific strategic errors that have gone on this year. And there also were, of course, last year, the rules issues and things like that. But I don't see that that change happening unless Tony is the one who wants it. And he gives off zero percent the feel of a guy who wants it. 
It's a guy who he's loving doing it. He's thrilled to be there. And he hates to lose. He loves to win. He danced the other day on his way in when they did win. He's addicted to it. He's, it I understand. I, I probably would be too. And I don't think that I don't think that Jerry's going to come down from on high and say, no, this isn't working. I think they'll be able to point at injuries. They'll be able to point at all sorts of other things. So I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But trust me, everybody in this town who knows people in the organization, who thinks about the organization, who's watching it closely, they talk about it. They bring it up. I end up in conversations with, with, with baseball people all the time. You think they'll ever make a change there? You think they'll make a change? And my answer to them is the one I'm telling you now. Not unless Tony wants to change. And I don't think Tony's a guy who gets embarrassed either. He doesn't get embarrassed. No, that's for sure. The, right, there's, it's not, I guess you know the rules better than I do. He was comfortable saying that last year. Who'd be comfortable saying that? Man, it's like it, 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 listening and cutting some of his like post game. There's things that he says that drive you insane, but then he says stuff and I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I get it to some extent. You yeah. Know? It, it, well, I, I mean... There's a lot of baseball wisdom in there. There right, is. Right. But, but there's certain tenets that are just kind of, they're a little bit outdated. Um, and, and, and he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't seem to, uh, to grasp that it's okay to evolve with the game. You know, the best managers evolve with the game. And he's done a lot of that. Um, but there are certain tenets and certain moments that, that drive you nuts. I will say this. Over the last week, and we'll see. Do we have a lineup yet today? Grab me that lineup if you could. Is Andrew Vaughn healthy? Seeing Andrew Vaughn up in the two-hole, seeing Leori down at the nine-hole over the course of the last week is progress. The way he talked about Leori and what he can do, the way he's talked about in the past, valuing the singles. You're looking for a single. The way that he pitched to Byron Buxton last week, a week ago, because he was afraid of Luis Arias. The contact hitter up next. And so that guy's hitting 340. You know, know, there's a respect for the single. There's an underlying respect for contact and the single, which is frankly outdated in terms of making bigger and broader decisions, be it lineup based or sometimes even strategically based. There's room for nuance there, obviously. But but that's one tenant that needs that needs to uh, get changed. And maybe it has. Maybe it has because over the last week it's been different. You got a White Sox lineup for me today. What do we got here, Sean? So we've got Tim Anderson leading off, playing shortstop. Luis Robert, center field, uh, batting second. All right. So we- pause there. So Robert is back up to two after hitting six um, with Vaughn at two the other day. Is Vaughn in it? Keep going. So no Andrew Vaughn. Okay, it's another be, one. It's Sheets and Pollock in right and left. You've got Jose Abreu and then Yasmani Yasma Grandal, then Abreu, then Sheets, Pollock, Garcia, Reese McGuire, and then Josh Harrison. Yeah, okay, well, Josh Harrison was perfect yesterday. Um, so, he, I mean, made great contact, and he's got him down at nine. I just, you know, uh, Leory Garcia is your worst offensive player and has been. He just keeps finding ways into the lineup, too. Yeah, like he, he keeps – I, I'd much rather see Jake Berger at third and Josh Harrison at second in this lineup. But Tony is um, Tony loves singles and Tony loves handedness. He is big time a slave to handedness. Sometimes without seemingly caring too much about the history of the numbers themselves or how um, you know a lefty is doing against a specific righty. So look, there are some troubling things there. But what I'm saying is I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. I really don't. Maybe maybe it will, but 
That's the way it feels as of right now. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Speaks here with you on 670 The Score. Um, Want to keep talking with you, and we'll talk to Joe West at the top of the hour on Hit and Run. On Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's Sports Station. Liner to the left coming in, and Ian Happ made a diving try. Did he make the catch? Yes, he did. Second base umpire Edwin Moscoso made the call. Moscoso looked over at third, and Jerry Lane did not make any move at all, so Moscoso then held up the fist with the thumb so out on a great play by Ian Happ in left field on a sinking line drive hit by Lorenzo Kane. Ian Happ having a terrific year right now 25th in Major League Baseball in wins above replacement the fan graphs version F war. Manny Machado atop that list, having the best year overall that takes into account everything. It is certainly imperfect, as almost all numbers are, but he is worth two wins already, 2.0 for Manny Machado. Um, And then a lot of the usual customers up there, Jose Ramirez, the incredible Jose Ramirez of the Guardians, Nolan Arenado, Mike Trout, Young Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays has been an absolute marvel. Francisco Lindor is back among the top players in the game. George Springer, who homered twice yesterday. And then there's some fun new names. I love J.P. Crawford, the Seattle shortstop, the former Philly. It's just, it's, I, he's a terrific contact hitter and uh, defensive shortstop. Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins is up there, one of the best players in the game. And how about Jeremy Pena, Carlos Correa's replacement down there in Houston, having a terrific start to his Major League Baseball career. It is Matt Spiegler with you on Hit and Run on the Score. We keep rolling with your phone calls. Mike is in Rogers Park and is now on the Score. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, Is it me? Yes, that's you, Mike. Okay, I thought I heard right. Hey, um, yeah, I think I said right you, by you accident. Set me up really, you set me up really well with all the uh, firing on uh, Tony and this and that. Uh, I come with a ray of hope, which is rare among Sox fans. Uh, we live more on the ledge than inside the house. But uh, uh, contrary to the panic after twenty games, uh, I'm old enough to remember 1983. They started out in the first 40 games, 16 and 24, dead in the water, looked horrible. Nobody, not one person optimistic. They won 99 games that year because they had a, a manager who could keep the team calm and motivated and facing the right direction, and that was Tony LaRusso. He knows how to turn around a job like this. Well, that's a long time ago. I hope you're right. Um, I hope that he does have that effect. You are certainly right to point out that specific season as an example. And you don't even have to go back that far to see a team that was not playing well and then finds it. I mean, last year's Atlanta Braves, after they lost Ronald Acuna Jr., they they stumbled like crazy. They were hanging around 500 
Even when the deadline came, at the deadline, it was like, well, should they even go for it or not? And they did go for it. They went out and got a bunch of outfielders and started to hit well, and some of their young pitchers put it all together, and they won the World Series. So, yes, no, history is littered with precedents of uh, it being way too damn early to uh, close the book on anything like that. Is Tony still the right guy to keep a team focused and, and keep a team uh, on the right mindset? Um, we'll see. I haven't really, I haven't particularly liked their uh, their apparent focus and mindset so far in a lot of parts of this year as I've watched them play some of the fundamentals. But it's a long, long season. Scott is in Peru on the score. Hello, Scott. Welcome in. Hey, Speaks. Um, so I just want to kind of talk about the White Sox. Uh, you know, I feel like everybody's so down on this team right now, and this is basically the same team that won 93 games last year. You know. We're, we've looked bad. This April has looked awful. I was at the game yesterday, and honestly, they actually look good. But I feel like a lot of things like, you know, Robert's not going to hit this bad throughout the year. Pollock isn't going to hit this bad. Abreu, this is a typical April for him. So I really don't think that this team is going to be as bad as what people are saying. Um, as Going back to the guy that said basically they're going to fire Tony, fire Han, that's just, that's just crazy. I mean, Tony isn't going anywhere as much as I wish he would go somewhere. He isn't going anywhere. And Hang, although he, you know, did really bad this offseason, in my opinion, and moves, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere either. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think obviously when in doubt with this franchise and with the Reinsdorf franchise, bet on loyalty and bet on consistency. And for the most part, as you, for the most part, as you zoom out and look at the whole large sample of the thing, it's worked. So... Um, and this is something that uh, that Jerry very much wanted, and now Jerry very much has, is to have Tony here. I really just do believe that Jerry thought it was going to be much more of a plug-and-play situation. Like, this team's ready. This team's good. Good to go. Could be anybody. I don't know if it could be anybody. Tony in River North. Tony, you're on the score. Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Matt. How are you? Wonderful. I uh, just wanted to do a little more history. The other fellow covered it pretty well. But in 1983, they were seven games under 500 on May 27. Reinsdorf had Bobby Winkles, who was either a coach or a scout for them. I can't recall. He came through, evaluated the team, and said, stay the course, which they did. Finished 36 games above 500, ran away with the division. 1984, the Cubs were awful in spring training. Horrible. They won the division. Of course, they made two or three big trades after uh, spring training uh, started to get disastrous. 1989, Jim Fry told reporters it was going to be a terrible year after he watched the first series or two of the season. The Cubs won the division. 2000, nobody expected the White Sox to do anything. They won the division. So it's been said enough. You said it perfectly. It's a little early. Let's relax. The injuries are not good. And I don't agree with everything Tony does, but I think the, Tony is the least of their issues. I don't think he is an issue, and I think he showed that last year. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Appreciate the call. That's Tony talking about Tony uh, there in, uh, in, in, in River North. <sighs> you know, it, it, the thing is, experientially, it's the vibe. Texter says, it's the vibe. That's it. This is a, a White Sox fan. Tony just looks miserable. Which we, what should be the best time in Sox history has become angst-ridden. So that's how that guy feels. He was supposed to be a strategic advantage, he continues. He's been the opposite. Supposed to improve defense, base running, overall baseball AQ. It has not happened. 
See, I understand very much where that guy is coming from. That said, baseball teams can win a lot of different ways, and uh, the season is long. I was very bummed out at the playoff performance, and part of what I was bummed out at was the coaching in that playoff performance. I thought they were outmanaged, outmaneuvered, outfundamentaled. Um, their defensive alignments were, did not work in their favor at all. Meanwhile, the Astros' defensive alignment was very, very good. Uh, you know, pitch sequencing and the way that they were attacked, and some of the pitchers have come out and talked about that in the spring and early on, and maybe that, uh, that will increase. Maybe that will improve as we go. Lord knows there's plenty of time to work it all out. 670, the score is where you are. It's hit and run. Me, Matt Spiegel, are with you till about 1230. All right, this was really fun, and I promise you it is worth hearing, even if you hate, maybe especially if you hate, Cowboy Joe West. You'll hear him next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 